Hey, Hope family, welcome to another week of Hope Dailies, and it's Thanksgiving week. What a powerful time we had at the praise service yesterday. Thank you to those who shared, and for all of us, I pray that this week is a time where you are able to reflect on all that you have to be thankful for. For many, I know that the holidays can be a mixed bag of emotions, so feel all of your feels this Thanksgiving, but be sure to take time to give praise to our Father in Heaven who loved us to the point of His own life. Today, we'll be returning to 1 John and looking at the second main section of the book. This section starts in 1 John 3, verse 11, and goes through chapter 5, verse 17, before there's a short conclusion to end the book. We'll spend most of our time looking at one of the more famous verses in Scripture. Twice in chapter 4, John says, God is love. However, let's start at the beginning of the section. There, John says, For this is the message you have heard from the beginning. We should love one another, unlike Cain, who was of the evil one and murdered his brother. Pretty straightforward, yeah? Love one another, don't murder one another. It's kind of that simple. John goes on to say that we should not be surprised if we are hated for doing what is right in the eyes of God. This is, after all, why Cain killed Abel. But we shouldn't let hatred of the world deter us if it truly is because we are living righteously. We just need to be sure to be obedient to the command given to us by God, which is believe in the name of his son, Jesus Christ, and love one another as he commanded us. That takes us into chapter 4, where John continues to bang the drum for loving one another, saying in verse 8, The one who does not love does not know God because God is love. Further down in verse 16, John says, God is love, and the one who remains in love is made complete with us, so that we may have confidence in the day of judgment. So, what does it mean that God is love? Well, it means that God is the source of love. As John says, love consists in this, not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his Son to be the atoning sacrifice for our sins. And we love because he first loved us. Our love is only a response to the original thing. If not for God's love, we would not truly be able to experience love. And this is true in many ways. Some theologians have suggested, and I tend to like this suggestion, that God's original act of creation was an act that flowed from his love. God's love compelled God to share that love, and so he created humanity to share in it. If that were not the case, we would not be able to love because we wouldn't exist. From the moment of creation to our present moment, culminating in the incarnation of Jesus, God has been moving toward humanity in love. And so as we love one another and as we love him, it is only in response to these first acts of love. We see that he walked with humans in the cool of the garden. He hears our cries. He rescues his people. He is near to the brokenhearted. He sent his prophets to warn his people of consequences of their sin, to invite them to turn. He sent his son to give us ultimate freedom and victory and to restore our relationship with him. An aspect of God's love, and love at all for that matter, that is less comfortable to talk about is his discipline and even his wrath. For many today, love simply means approval or affirmation. If you do not approve of my actions or my beliefs, then you are not loving me. If you do not affirm my choices and my way of seeing the world, then you do not love me. But it doesn't take much time to know that this isn't really love or how love works. Love never means total affirmation or approval. 
I know that Leah loves me. I also know she does not approve of everything that I do or how I do it. I know I love my children, but I do not affirm everything that they think or do. In fact, because I love them, I'm often moved to anger or frustration. Now, I know that I do not do that perfectly, but I can trust that Jesus does. His anger and frustration over our sin led to him taking that punishment upon himself. It is in this way that we are to love one another. Our love for one another should play out with our own willingness to lay down our lives for our brothers and sisters, as John says. Our love for one another should lead to secure relationships where we can be honest with one another, with one another not afraid of rejection or shame. For there is no fear in love. Instead, perfect love dries out fear because fear involves punishment. This Thanksgiving week, let's spend some time thanking God for his perfect love. Allow the Spirit to shine a light on places where we are still living in fear and allow the Comforter to lavish you in perfect love that fear would have no room to stay.